still. So, uh, yeah, g'day. I'm Nick. Um, I'm one of the members of the congregation here at Hope Church. Uh, so when I'm not up here occasionally, I'm there listening. Um, and I'm going to be covering uh, the next part of our series of talk, uh, talks on Acts. Uh, and I'll be covering Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. So, first of all, I'm going to read the reading. Uh, I'll try and give the passage a bit of context next, and then finally I'll speak to you about what I think this passage says about God and me, uh, which I hope will provide some insight for you as well. So today's reading is Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. It goes like this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So uh, what I've just read has come from Acts and has come uh, after the events of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came to uh, those gathered uh, followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's also come after Peter has spoken to profess what Jesus had taught him and the disciples and is now coming to be actualized in what is the first Christian evangelist sermon. Uh, and today's passage is describing the early church in Jerusalem. If anyone was to ask you, what did the early Christian church look like? you could answer with this passage. I'm just going to adjust this because I keep putting my hand on it. Uh, where people are coming together under the banner of Jesus and his teaching of the Jewish scripture, they are eating together, praying, to, praying and meeting together, selling their belongings to those in need, praising God, and finally this passage tells us that they were growing, which seems pretty ideal as a Christian community, right? It, it sure sounds ideal to me. I, now I want to take you on a uh, little journey here, a faith journey that I've been on. Some of you might not know this about me, but I was born and raised in the Catholic church system. Then I left school, decided science has all the answers, and there was no room for God. A few years later, the Holy Spirit came to me one day whilst I was driving and spoke to me through nature, and then I spent my latter uni days attending a small Pentecostal church. And if you don't know what those are like, they're quite far from the Catholic church system I was used to. Uh, they're called charismatic churches, or uh, more colloquially, the happy clappies. Um, my church sessions were always very high energy, and everything was presented almost as if the pastor or preacher had just discovered a biblical truth that nobody else had. Uh, I used to give the odd talk in that church as well, and as I read this passage, I felt that same 
feeling I used to get when I read stuff like this in that church. Like, I want to just say, can I get an amen? Or that is a good word right there. (laughs) Then do something crazy and erratic and go out in the congregation and be like, you there, you need some money. Let me give you my checkbook and I'll give you whatever you want. You there, you need more time. Here's my calendar. You there, I want to make bread for you and feed you. But forget about it, I'm a uni student. I don't know how to make bread. <clears throat> I was looking forward to that bit. <laughs> oh, of course, um, this is not what all Pentecostal churches are like. Full disclosure, I've only been to one or two Pentecostal churches in my time. Uh, but there was something about the things that I was doing and the things I was saying uh, Yeah, but there was something about the things that I was doing, like I already knew a lot of this stuff already, Uh, like there was something familiar about what I was doing or what I was professing was new. So when I was reading over this passage, I similarly got the sense that a much-needed culture of life was being reborn. I feel like this because the Bible details things happening for a reason. It would have been odd for, for a book like this to have noted that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need, like they always did. So this leads me to my next part in my faith journey, which actually, funnily enough, brings me to this church, Hope Church. The Bible has already detailed how to live in the earlier scriptures. Now, through Jesus, people in Jerusalem are starting to really understand and act upon these now-called Christian principles, principles that had existed many years ago but had been forgotten by the people of that time. I checked this out and found a commentary that almost word for word of the passage today uh, referenced passages in the Old Testament that reference what this passage says about what that people of that time should have already been doing. The stage of the journey that I'm going on here at Hope Church is one where I'm trying to make sure that I remember what God has already taught me, to seek the wisdom that God is telling me and to put that into action. The prior stage where I was part of the Pentecostal church felt really exciting and everything I was experiencing felt so brand new and everything felt so easy despite my Catholic upbringing teaching me most of what I was hearing there. But in this stage, things uh, sometimes scare the pants off me because I know that this is not always going to be easy. And I have far less excuses when I do not follow what I know God wants me to do, what I know is the right thing to do more than the people of the time of this text do. I have the Bible. I know what happens next. I have definitely missed a page. Oh, there it is. What happens next? We are over a thousand years since the events of today's passage occur today. I also know that this is not the end of the Christian story. They didn't all live happily ever after, after today's passage's description of an idyllic community. The Christian community was growing, but it was not to say there was no troubles of being a Christian. 
and the latter parts of the New Testament, which I won't go into detail today, will talk to you all about how the Christians face troubles. So I get it. Sometimes it is easier to ignore and forget things that feel like too much. So what do I think is happening to Christians today? Well, certainly in my case, I forget and fail, which is often discouraging. And sometimes decisions to do the right thing by myself and my community and the world that I live in don't feel so straightforward. And it leaves me feeling hopeless. Like, how could things possibly get better? But there is hope. Hope that comes from a God that says your past cannot define your future. Try again. Listen again. And I believe, pardon me. Oh, dear me. I believe that God forgives us when we fail. He does not punish those who repent when they fall short. But if you, like me, have ever had that real sense that you should be doing something good in a moment and either talk yourself out of it, just do nothing, or even just do something that, uh, even just believe that something might get in your way, like some rule that was probably made up anyway, you would know the feeling after that moment expires and you know that you missed a real opportunity. I will say this now, not all of us are going to experience something crazy and in fulfilling God's will, something like what a man named Simon Gilbo did, if you know him, who experienced a moment from God in 1999, urging him to go to Burundi in East Africa, which at the time was, the, uh, was known as the most dangerous part of East Africa. In fact, I think it was considered the da- most dangerous country on earth. Uh, receive a pretty resounding yes from God to go there and just pack up his totally stable life, his family, and, and go there to change things for the better. But who knows? You might. I might. I might even get a call to change the world. But first... Hello? Oh, there it is. But, uh, but first, I need to keep drawing nearer to God, listening, praying, and remembering and accepting where I am being led by God. And most of all, being very intentional about it. Today's passage talks about the people of the time are coming together, meeting together to learn more of God, tending to the needy, eating together, making sure everyone was fed, praising God, and being intentional about growing as a community. These things, I I reckon, I would struggle to find someone who disagrees. They are inherently good and desirable for a community. It would be great if I didn't have to worry about anything because my community had my back. However, these things don't just happen. They are very intentional acts, especially in today's world, and particularly when it comes to the general life of this city of London. This is something I'm super aware of because I really like the idea of communities coming together in this way. But I fall short of making this possible more often than I fully realise, or than I think I fully realise. I'm a really practical-minded guy. 
So I want to present some practical ways I believe I can be better to you now, which you might find relevant. I've been listening to a podcast on Spotify called the Rewilding Podcast by a guy named James Shooter. The podcast talks about what different people and charities are doing to bring back the natural order to environments that have been devastated by humankind. The overall podcast puts uh, forward this point. What are you doing about it right now? They talk about the red tape or the barriers that organisations put in place before some actions can, uh, to make things better can occur. But as humankind, they say, we must do something despite the barriers rather than waiting for the perfect conditions to act. All the people in this podcast are doing are just small things that really add up to make big changes. Never has the parable that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 to 32 made more sense when I listened to the Rewilding podcast. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds come and perch in its branches. So the practical point I want to make here, if you are willing to join me in asking yourself what small things, or maybe if it's even big things that we could get on with to make this community better. When you envision a community that is working together for the common good, what is it you can do to make this closer to being a reality? What positive culture could we create today? Is it in finding someone or, or a group to meet with, like in today's passage? And on that point, I want to make reference to Matt's preach on the 7th of May here. Matt is a priest here. I don't know if uh, we said that already. But Matt preached at the beginning of this series of talks and spoke about the small groups that meet during the week and how you, could, you ultimately have the power to create your own group if you don't identify with a way of meeting amongst the current groups. You can go and make one. This church, out of all the churches that I've been to, is the most willing to look outside the box when it comes to faith and expressing faith together. I feel like the leadership team at here at Hope really want to make it as simple as possible to start a group that meets regularly. Talking about God and supporting each other doesn't have to be in a conventional way. Give it a try. Maybe ask Matt or Chloe or someone on the staff team about starting something up. So I'm really having a mare with this. Uh, Another one is eating together or feeding people. Some uh, others who are hungry. Oh, is it eating together or feeding others who are hungry in the community, like in today's passage, something that you could do? There are so many unofficial ways to do this too. Maybe you feel like you could be generous. You have more than you financially need, or you have more time than you need, or anything, and you know someone is struggling and you can help with your abundance. Have you ever felt the power of being generous? I would recommend it regardless of whether you've thought of it or not. Maybe you find God in talking to people and believe you can make this community better by offering yourself up for talking to those who have questions 
of being a Christian. Maybe you know someone who might benefit from Alpha and have talked yourself out of talking to them about it. You certainly don't need permission to do any of these things. Make yourself known. Maybe there is something like a referral service you could become a part of to help others. To put it really simply, the general gist I got today from today's passage is to be devoted to God, to each other, meet regularly, and be generous. We still live in a world that we can all agree is hurting and in dire need of people of action, people willing to do these things. So let's not forget it. But if there's anything I want you to take from me talking today, it would be if you know there is something you could be doing, feel led by the Lord to be doing or whatever, you feel urged to do it, don't wait. You might just forget what good you could be doing and then have to wait for the next time that someone's, someone or something reminds you. Take the actions you can make now. Red tape, governments, and people who might want to see you fail will never go, to, go away. This passage is an invitation. So as I finish, I hope this has helped someone reflect on how they feel led. I have a lot to do in my own point of view after, reading the, uh, after writing this and then presenting it to you. But what I hope for is a community where everyone can know that feeling, where you hear from God or read something and know exactly what you need to do, and then do it, and then never forgets that truth. I hope from here on, we, including me, can act when it is in our power, when it is just those little actions we can make, in the hope that our deeds, like a mustard seed, grows into something amazing. I want to make a, a, a short prayer now, if you wouldn't mind joining me. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the lessons it gives us. The reminders of what we could be. That all those here draw near to you now. Send your Holy Spirit, Lord. Give us all discerning hearts to know what is required of us. Let us all do what is right. We know what is right. What amazing good we are all capable of, Lord. I pray that we can make the changes that we want to see in the world. Let us remove the red tape in our own mind and take action now. But Lord, forgive us when we fail, when we forget. Amen.